Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. Hope you're doing very, very well. Um, this is going to be the last piece of content for this weekend, at least until I would say Tuesday, perhaps perhaps Wednesday. That's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Um, it is a long weekend here where I'm living, and so I'm not going to be posting any podcasts until the long weekend is over. However, this is a very special piece of content. This is my talk at Langfest, the language learning conference that I was at. And um, yeah, so I think you guys will really like it. It is a longer piece of content than, than normal. So hope you enjoy. And uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Now, languages and dialects. Um, it, it's funny for me because um, like, I used to think that when you, if someone were to ask me, oh, what's the difference between a language and a dialect of a language? I, would, I used to think it was like super straightforward. Like, a dialect is when you have a language, I guess you could say a subcategory of a language, right? So for example, if we have a, a British dialect of English and they say caw, versus I might say car, everybody still understands me, right? And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. As a, a dialect would be a subcategory of a language, right? And there's various examples, like in Spain, if I say, you know, whatever, calcetines versus calcetines, everybody still understands me, right? But then it gets a little bit more problematic, because what about, like, does anyone here study Arabic? Any Arabics? So it's like if you look at an Egyptian dialect, versus Moroccan dialect, for those of you who don't know, they're, they're wildly different. Like for example, Arabic is how do you say, how are you? In Egyptian, how are you? Okay, in, Arab, in, in Morocco, today. Wildly different. Like it's like, how are you? And I said, means how are you? Like they're, they're so wildly, they're so wildly different. And then it's going like, wait a second, why do we say that Moroccans speak Arabic? Why don't we say they speak Moroccan? It's not us. Right? They well, like, say they speak Arabic. What's that? Because they say they speak Arabic. Fair enough. But we can do another one. Let's look at, for example, um, let's look at even like something like, um, so if you agree that each, like a different dialects of Arabic are often very far apart, right? And yet we say they're the same language. But then you might look at, let's say, Spanish and Brazilian Portuguese not quite as, they're different, obviously quite different, the pronunciation's different, the sounds are different. Written, similar enough, and if you understand some basic things like Brazilian Portuguese and you speak Spanish very fluently, all of a sudden you can, like yesterday at the, uh, the gala, one that was speaking Portuguese, I don't speak the word of Portuguese, well, I speak a little bit, but barely any, but I can understand because I understand some basic pronunciation rules of Brazilian Portuguese, and so it's like, what the heck is the actual difference? <laughs> and. I had pictures up there of when I was, the one on the left of when I was in, in France. Um, I went there, I spent about, would have been three, four, five, six months in France total, uh, over a couple of different trips. And so one thing I'll sometimes say is that I don't speak French, I speak a France dialect of French. Because I had to, when I went to France, I already spoke French. But my French wasn't good enough for some of the people I talked to. <laughs> And I was 15 when I first went, so it was, imagine you're in a high school, and you know how high school kids are. You know, you guys, you guys, everyone's been to high school, you know how they are. They're, they're often a little bit ruthless. 
and they're not always the kindest, I mean, they're pretty kind, but they might be very, they might say things out of your feelings, right? And so myself, they weren't, I wasn't necessarily bullied, but there were definitely, I'd say like, you know, ah, j'ai une bicyclette, une bicyclette, ha, 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 why are you saying bicyclette? Because in France, they say un vélo, right? Or ah, j'oublie mon, uh, is it un tuc or un tuc in French in Quebec? Un tuc? Un tuc. Un tuc, un tuc, right? So I would say, because I used to, I learned, I went through French immersion in Calgary, so I went through, I guess you could say, some more French-Canadian style of French. And I'd say, ah, oh, j'oublie ma tuc. And they'd say, huh? Quoi? Your what? What did you forget? Like, what is that? And, and so all of a sudden I had to adjust my dialect. I thought, oh, I don't speak a real French. That's, I must have learned some French that doesn't make sense. Or, like, and then all, and when you're 15, you don't know any better, right? And so it's, kind of, it's really challenging when you're like, well, actually, are dialects and languages different? And really, actually, don't really know the answer. The only thing I can think of, and actually, it'll be interesting to get other people's perspectives if there are people that do another thought on it, but I know myself, the one commonality I can see is that when you have a dialect of a language, you share a writing system, right? Even though in, you know, in, in England, I might say, like I said before, ka, instead of car, we both still spell it C-A-R, right? Even though in Moroccan Arabic, or Egyptian Arabic, or this Arabic, that Arabic, we might say something this way versus that way, right? Even though in Egypt, like you don't say, or not, is it Egypt where you don't say the, the qaf? Is it Egypt, right? They don't say it, right? But you, you still write the qaf letter, you still, you still write it in writing, right? So the writing, that, that's what I can see, but even that's not even fully true, because Hands up, who spells center, C-E-N-T-E-R? Okay, who spells it C-E-N-T-R-E? Uh-huh, who spells color, C-O-L-O-U-R? How about O-R? So it doesn't even fully work, right? I mean, it's, it's probably much closer, I mean, a much closer thing that ties it together in the spoken language, but it's funny because initially when you go, what's a dialect? Oh, just like a subcategory of a language, and then you, dig in further and you're like, well, wait a second, I don't actually know if that's true. And it's funny, I had to change all my presentations when I had that thought, I was like, crap. Oh boy, okay, this, we gotta dig into this because it's different than what I originally planned, what I was originally thinking of talking about. So, now, we're nerding out. Um, nobody else cares about this stuff in terms of like, if, unless you're very passionate about languages. Oh, by the way, this one's in Chile, that one's in Morocco. Chile is funny because I thought I spoke Spanish. <laughs> when I went to Chile, I thought I was very strong in Spanish, and I was very strong in Spanish. And the first two days were fine, no issues. A couple words here and there, you're like, what does that mean? Oh, cool. And then, you know, you get to day three, where you go to the bar with Joaquin, my friend in that picture. You go to the bar with Joaquin and his friends, and you're like, okay, I need to learn Chileno. Because <laughs> it's so... I literally, I wish I brought it, actually, but... I have at home a homemade Chileno dictionary because it was so, I struggled so much to understand casual language that I had to, I told my friend Joaquin, I was like, Joaquin, you need to teach me Chileno. Like, enseñame pues, no? Así que lo que, what I did is I took my, my little book and I like literally write down every Chileno word that I would come across and study them so that I could function in Chileno, or at least understand what people are saying when it's a casual scenario, not something like a tour or anything. Yeah, it was 
you know, I felt like an idiot. My Canadian friend was with me, and he's like, why can't you translate what people are saying? I was like, they're not speaking Spanish. I'm speaking Chileno. I don't speak Chileno. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was uh, definitely interesting. Now, for, for me, I was thinking, like, is it under important to understand the differences between dialects? Um, show of hands, quick survey. Who thinks, yes, it is important to understand the differences? OK. Then anyone think that probably no? No? Yeah, I mean, so when I thought of the question, I was thinking of it in terms of like, um, for example, if you speak English, does it is it important to understand that in England they speak like this accent is like this? They have these different vocabulary words. And you're not going to know everything, obviously, because even in England you got different little pockets and different dialects throughout the UK and throughout England, right? Or, if you, or maybe understanding in Australia, they speak like blah, 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 blah. I guess my question more on, do you, if you guys think it's important to understand some of those differences? Weirdly, I kind of think, I mean, I think yes and no. For me personally, I think yes. I think for the general public, no. And, you know, it's funny because I think we're at a language learning conference where people put their hands up and go, yeah, I think it's important because we're all very interested. But if I took, if I went out to, you know, Calgary where I'm from, walked out and pulled a random engineer off the street, like, or something, or whatever, someone who doesn't necessarily necessarily have an interest in languages. I was like, hey, you know, do you think it's important to understand British English? It'd be like, well, it's nice to, but I can talk like this and sound very sophisticated over, but like, at the end of the day, it doesn't, right? I think that on one hand, there's a very strong argument for no. For the average Joe, it doesn't, necessarily matter for the average person. The same way I don't need to know how my phone really works, but I know that I click my apps and I click Facebook and I can scroll and I see what my aunt so-and-so is up to. And oh wow, so-and-so had a baby. But I don't need to necessarily understand how necessarily it works. I just need to, right? So I think there's a fair argument to say no, it does for the average Joe, it doesn't. On the other hand, I think there's definitely value in, I think there's definitely a lot of value in understanding, especially when it comes to, um, I guess you could say the connotations behind different dialects. Kind of like, you know, this is something I've been thinking more about recently. Like, you know like when you're watching a movie and the bad guy's Russian? <laughs> or the bad guy's like from an Arabic country, an Arab country? Like it's funny, like and it's funny how that paints certain narratives. And even within certain languages, you get you get those kinds of those discriminations really. Like um, so I do think there can be value in it in understanding that here's how this dialect works, here's some of the let's say for lack of a better term, baggage. Or, or maybe like the ideology, the ideologies or ideas that come with it. Um, I do think it's important that on a personal level, I think they're fascinating. I think it's super, super fascinating. Um, I always find it interesting when people say they speak another language. Like, oh yeah, I speak Spanish very well. I speak Arabic or Mandarin or Russian or whatever. Although I hear Russian doesn't have very many dialects, I've heard. I don't know if anyone knows about that. Someone told me recently that Russian is, um, 
if you go to like west of Russia, east of Russia, it's still spoken essentially the same way, which is Rel fascinating. Relative to the geographic area and the number of speakers, yeah. there's a very small variation. Obviously, there is variation. Though. Yeah. Someone was telling me that, and I thought that's super, super fascinating. Socialism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess Canada is similar in that sense too, right? We don't have we have we do a variation for sure, but we're not. You know, Newfoundland has Newfoundland is obviously their own their own variety of English. <laughs> but but anyway, yeah. Anyway, going off topic, but it is you know, I think it's fascinating, especially because of pronunciation differences. I think it's really it really I find it super interesting. Like I that's why I think like that's why I don't dabble in a lot of languages. I usually just pick one and I'll stick to it until. Um, I'll stick with like one language for a long time. I will stick with it until essentially I consider myself at a native or near native level. I don't dabble in many for that reason. Because I want to know, ah, in Chile, they say this, in France, they say whatever, right? They say this in Chile, they say this in France, they say this in this country. Ah, they act like this here. Oh, these, you know, oh, the, you know, French people, really, some of them don't think Quebec French is real French. Wow, where does that come from? Why do they? Why do they not understand? Actually, that's a weird thing. I wouldn't plan on going into it, but it is very interesting. Have you guys ever thought about? Have you guys ever heard that, like people in France who say that? Oh, it's like Quebec French is not real French, or oh, they don't. I don't understand them. I wonder. Actually, curious. Anyone here from Montreal? Okay. Do you understand France French, or do people understand France? I'm actually curious. I'm getting selfish, but like, do people understand France French in Montreal generally? Yeah, seeing some nods. I, th I thought so. Yeah. Interesting. Do you hear it ever? Oh, like on a day-to-day -day or on a relatively regular basis? Do you ever come across it? It's a fairly large French expatriate community. Fair enough. Okay. And you can tell the difference. You can. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. They're very. They're quite for sure. The reason I bring it up is because like, I was thinking about that. We have. We're having our kitchen redone at my house, and we have this guy from Australia who. Is working. One guy from Australia who's working in the kitchen. There's another guy who's, I assume, from Canada, the way he speaks. Now, it's so funny because I have not had a ton of exposure to Australians. Not a ton, right? I've heard it, obviously. Movies, sometimes you meet someone. And out in Calgary, so we're close to Banff, which is basically Australia away from Australia in many ways because they all come and they work in Banff. For those of you who know Calgary area, in Banff, many of them. Many Australians go to Banff and they're always there. It's fascinating, quite fascinating. But anyway, I haven't had a ton of exposure to it. And so what's funny is that when I'm talking to the guy in the kitchen who's working in the kitchen, I need to put an extra 7% effort to like process what he's saying. So I'm just not used to the way he should speak. And I, made, and, and I remember thinking, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I wonder if in France, they struggle, some people, not everybody, but some people think Quebec French is not a real French, or it's hard to understand, we don't get it. What the heck are they speaking? Is that, whoa, what? Like, what? maybe it's because they don't have any exposure to it. And so suddenly it's like, um, it's just foreign to them, and they're like, and not everyone obviously, right? But I'm, and I don't want to generalize, but some, the, the people who do make those types of comments perhaps have not had much exposure, Perhaps they've even grown up in an environment where it's like, oh, Canadian French is so different, right? Um, you know, the same way 
you know, maybe not in this room, but I would be very interested to see how many people call a Jamaican English or real English if you ask the average Canadian or American. I, I don't know the answer, but I saw like two hands go up. Someone over here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think Like I, I guess before I teach, um, I teach 
languages like English, French, Spanish, and it's and I'm, I'm very active online with languages. I get it's it's interesting how many comments like these I get on a very regular basis, right? Like Quebec French isn't or like is I've heard Quebec French is like not French. Is that true? And I go no, <laughs> that's false. Oh really? Or like. Like uh, I remember someone's like the American English. It was just so I was talking to someone. He's like he's uh he's was he Russian? I think he was Russian. He goes American English just sounds so makes my ears hurt. Like what do you guys talk like har And I was like he's like yeah British is much nicer. And by the way, that's a very fair point. You can say that you're I'm very entitled to that opinion. By the way, I just think the same way. I personally, personally to my ears, think a, uh, a Mandarin from a northern, more northern Mandarin sounds nicer to my ears than a southern, man, southern Mandarin. But, does it, I mean, I don't judge them. I don't care. You want to speak with a si instead of shi, fine, do your thing. I don't, I don't care, right? You want to say yuan instead of like, fine. I, I, I don't, that's more power to you. Like it, so you can have the opinion of, oh, American, fine, you think American English sounds ugly, wonderful, fantastic. What I didn't like was the judgment, well, what I interpreted as judgment in his voice now, I mean, we, maybe he wasn't judging, to be fair, maybe he wasn't, but the tone of his voice made me feel like he was judging. Now, I might have misinterpreted, right, and that's, who knows, right, and maybe he didn't mean it that way, but, you know, Moroccan Arabic is an Arabic, like there's so many of those comments. And, I don't know, that's, I guess you could say that's kind of what grinds my wheels, that expression, that bothers me. Um, where you have those stereotypes, positive or negative, by the way, because um, it's just, it's just more, more often than not, it's just wrong, it's just false, right? It's just not true, just because the British guy sounds really smart, because of how the media has portrayed that to me throughout my life, he might be a real idiot. And he might be really smart. We don't know, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, I had a conversation with, um, I had a conversation with, um, with somebody in, in India, and it was a very, it was an older lady, very traditional kind of, very traditional kind of lady who's telling me how black people are bad because of how they speak. She's like, I think, you know, like, have you seen that, that video on Facebook? It's like that speaking white versus speaking black. Have you seen that? Anyone seen it? No? Like a video of like uh, African-American people that change how they speak when they're in sales jobs on the phone because of the connotations behind their accent. Have you seen that? Yeah. You would have seen that actually. Because I post that online and you follow on Facebook. So yeah, you might have seen it. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's fascinating. She was like, yeah, they, they're, they're the ones who do the crimes. And she was like, Adam, and I was like, what? Like, that, to me, that's just, it's just bizarre. We had a big debate. I was like, no, it's not how it works. Here's why. And, and it's really fascinating stuff. But, um, so anyway, we'd up in the clouds for a while. I thought we'd at least spend the last, you know, you know probably another little chunk here before you do Q&A. Um, minutes, but um, on like how to choose a dialect. I get a lot of questions about this. I find people ask me a lot. 
about how do you, like, you're going to go learn French, how do you pick, should it be a Quebec, a Quebec more French-Canadian, or more France, French from France, more maybe something African, like, how, how do you pick, or with Arabic specifically, I get that question a lot, like, how do you pick when they're so vastly different, right? So I thought we'd spend some time on this. Um, so I think, for, for me, kind of my take on picking a dialect, I think first and foremost, it could be based on what interests you. That's a, it could be, I think, let's take a step back. I think the first thing you have to start is why are you learning the language? I think that's a really good place to start. If you're learning for hobby's sake, uh, it's literally something interesting, you like it, like many people in this room at this conference, pick one based, you know, my perspective, pick a dialect based on what, what interests you, what you like, what sounds cool, right? Um, I think that's a very, very acceptable way to go. Like, I like this one, right? So research it, go on Google, go on YouTube, listen to them, right? Research them, and um, I think that's a very plausible, very plausible kind of way to go. I think another, it's kind of the opposite end, you could go more of a practicality kind of approach, in the sense of what's going to, what's going to help you the most for your needs. So for example, if you are in Canada and you want to learn French, and let's say you are interested, but you are learning for because Canada, if you can get more jobs, let me tell you, it's a much, it's probably a much better idea if you learn a French Canadian French. I can tell you me used to having a French Canadian French and then changing it because I felt at the time that, oh, I should speak like the people around me when I was in France. I can tell you that for me, it, I've gotten certain French gigs, French jobs, I was, and it's like, it, I, I think to myself, man, it would be nice if I could speak a French-Canadian French right now. This literally happened a month, uh, yes, a month, two months, month, two months ago, month and a half, month and a half ago, I was the announcer for, foot, for American football games, so not proper football, but American football, um, in French. So I was the French announcer for football games. And I also got to be the liaison, the liaison for the, the, the Quebec team that arrived. And I'm listening to them talk, and I'm going, whew, this is difficult. This is hard. It is, and I really have to focus to understand what they're saying. It, it, was, it was difficult, right? And I was thinking, like, it would be nice if I could, if I, just really, if I could switch dialects, if I could go between both. I could speak the French Canadian French. Now I forgot, I haven't forgotten, but a lot of it's gone. It's been a year since I've studied the French Canadian version of French in many years, right? First half of my French education was French-Canadian, second half was more from France, so I've more recently been the poor France side of things. Man, it'd be nice if I could switch. It'd be nice, it'd be really nice. So I think practicality is a really good way to go and think, are you moving somewhere? You should probably learn the dialect. Or will you get, will you get, is it gonna have a positive impact for you to know a specific dialect? Learn that one, right? Again, if that's why you are learning. If it is for a practical reason that you're learning, you should probably apply a level of practicality to why, to, to, to which dialect you choose, if that makes, if that makes sense. Um, I think one thing to be careful of, if you're going to go down the practicality path, in my perspective, please be mindful that if you don't like that dialect, but you're doing it because you think it's a good idea, it's, you're probably not going to finish the language, meaning you're probably not going to learn it properly. So the number of people 
who, so for example, it's similar to people who learn a language, it's, oh, it's going to help my resume. <laughs> it makes me laugh. It's like saying, I'm going to learn, it's like, who's talking about coding? Who was up here, to, was, was anyone here in that talk where uh, the, the languages and, and games talk? Was anyone there? Where said, oh, and she jokingly said, like the speaker said, jokingly said, learn how to code because you can make the big bucks. Very true, right? And she was joking. I think she's joking, but it sounded like she's joking. I laughed at it, and everyone else laughed. I think it was a joke. So hopefully it's a joke because we all laughed. But it was—it's funny because if you, I, I, my perspective is you do something just because it's gonna get you money. Either you're gonna quit, either you're not gonna like it, either you're not gonna be able to give it your full effort. You're not gonna put. If you don't like it, you're not gonna put the time required to pick up the dialect, pick up the language, right? So I think practicality is good. But Please make sure, even if you're doing it, if you're choosing a dialect for practicality's sake, please, in my perspective anyway, you have to make sure there's a certain level of enjoyment in it. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And it's, I feel so silly sitting here saying that, but I think it needs to be said. Because of the number of people, literally people, who like language learning, I could open up my DMs and show you, that literally go, oh, I'm not liking blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, you like languages? Yeah, I really do. So people like it, and yet they're hate, not hating, but they're disliking their own process. So I feel like I need to say it, because it is something people do. So um, I think resources available is another one that ties into practicality. Um, so I think, for example, um, for instance, if I, if I wanted to learn, so I speak Gujarati, it's my, my mother tongue. If I wanted to specifically learn Gatiawari Gujarati, which is what we speak, my family speaks that dialect of Gujarati. I don't think there's anything. There's nothing, right? There's nothing that teaches a Katyavari Gujarati. You find some resources for standard Gujarati, right? Not many, but some. But I think there's I think there's zero. There might be some. I think there's zero on if you wanted to learn specifically Katyavari Gujarati. You're just stuck. Like you, you're you're gonna have to probably learn standard and then figure out on your own what the differences are between standard and Katyavari. What are the differences? Because it's just difficult, right? So I think resources available is a good place to to go. Um, I do think it's okay to mix, and what I mean by that is, um, what I mean by that is, so, I don't know if you guys have ever talked to people, or maybe yourself, if you have the thought around, oh, should I, like, specifically try and learn British, I can discuss on English, let's say, for example, let's take, like, you know, let's say, like, Spanish, right? Anyone learn any Spanish in the room? Or anyone learn Spanish or studying it, or... Okay, good, small okay, percentage of it. So, for example, in Spanish, like some people, people wonder, like, oh, my one teacher was from Argentina, and then I used a textbook that was written in Spain, and then I had a blah, blah, blah that was from Peru and Mexico. Is that bad? Because there are differences, right? I say palta, you guys say aguacate, right? I learned Peru, aprendí Peru, así que digo palta, no? I say palta instead of avocado, which is aguacate in most other countries. Um, right? I personally think it's okay. If you want to mix, do your thing. I think it's fine, personally. I don't. I like to stick to a specific dialect, and that's because I am obsessed with pronunciation, and I'm obsessed with speaking a language in a specific where people think I'm from a specific country. I'm obsessed with it. Um, like it's, it's, if you ever want to lose 30 minutes of your life, 
tell me a difficult sound in a language and if, tell me I didn't say it perfectly and you're not, you're sticking with me until I get it. And then even if I, if I don't get it and you have to go, that's the, that's the new focus until I can pronounce it perfectly. By the way, shower time, random thing. Everyone work on pronunciation, shower is a fantastic place to do it. I learned I have a number of difficult sounds I've learned in the shower despite practicing. French R is, uh, 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 oh, I did it. Spanish, anyway. But it's, um, I lost my train of thought with that shower thought. <laughs> um, yes, so mixing dialects. I, I do think it's fine, personally. Um, I just know I don't, but I don't necessarily think there's a problem with it, if that makes sense. So that's kind of my take on it. But And then lastly, we, we, were, we were talking a lot about this kind of in the middle, but like understanding what the stereotypes are between your dialect, because they are going to have a consequence, and they're going to have very real consequences for you, whether positive or negative, right? Uh, when you speak to someone who, you know, you know, for, for example, for me, <clears throat> when I, I have a very, let's say, Spanish again, I have a very Peruvian accent in Spanish, and I speak a very Peruvian dialect. And many people don't recognize it's Peruvian because even people just kind of say, oh, it sounds very Colombiano, Mexicano, Peruano, like they, they, they kind of have a difficult time placing it. Unless you're from Peru, and if you're like, Peruano, Arequipa, no? I go, see, Arequipa, right? In South, there's a city. And so, but it has, so for example, for me, I might speak with someone from, you know, people have different reactions to you because of where you, what dialect you speak. They'll have different reactions and they will have different opinions of you based on how you speak. Especially if you chose, for example, we're in Quebec, so let's speak French. You need to at least be aware that if you speak a Quebec variety of French and you have a very thick Quebec or French Canadian accent and you travel to France, you need to be aware of what, how some people might react to you. Some people say, you're from Premier Canada? That's so cool. I've always loved how it sounds. Which is true, you get that. Some people are neutral, and some people are going to go, what? You speak English? Uh, is that French? Like they, and you might get reactions like that, and you just have to be aware of it so that you can navigate, be prepared, and navigate the situations and do it in a way that's healthy, if that makes sense. So, that's kind of my thoughts on choosing a dialect. Um, kind of last thing I'll kind of spit some thoughts at before I go, um, before I do some Q&A. Um, especially because we've gone to some kind of deep, some kind of, some deeper topics with like the stereotypes and such. But um, I think one thing for me with dialects, and I think it ties into what you're saying earlier, is around empathy and compassion in my perspective. So, I think it's understand either un, either understanding the, the differences in dialect of where you are, or at least under, even if you can't maybe speak in that dialect, or you don't know the vocabulary, right? Even if you don't, as a matter of fact, actually, it is a good. I, I, I think for empathy reasons, I think it is a very good idea to at least have some level of idea of what the dialectal differences of are of where you're going to. Like I won't say university when I'm in, when I'm in America. I'll say college. I won't say I was uh, my first year of university, I was, I was also a freshman in college, right? I'll be very mindful of the reference I make, right? I won't make a reference to, like, even in this room, actually it's not an example, but even, I won't make references to, you know, I won't make a reference to, if I'm making examples to talk about something, I might use the NFL as an example, 
It's just the empathy of understanding where you are. And I think one thing on that, I think the dialectical difference for me, it, it really is synonymous with empathy and compassion in many ways. And trying to put yourself in the shoes of someone else, kind of the way I, I see it. Um, and I, unfortunately, many dialects I find create more judgment and more distance because we feel like, oh, this is the best dialect. This is how it should be spoken. This is how it should not be spoken. This is how it's like this. It should be like that. And I honestly think that's really silly. And I think if, I think who said it yesterday? Someone said it has a passing. It was in the, um, in the Indonesian workshop, I believe it was. What's his name? Um, anyone remember his name offhand? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Feel? Yeah. Gave the talk. Yeah, gave the talk. Yeah. Feel, yeah. So he said, um, was, he said it in passing, but he said, if you're going to, and this is not in the dialect context, more in the context of um, if you're talking to an Indonesian, going to Indonesia in a more religious context, uh, if you go to Indonesia, please understand that Islam is important, right? And he said, his, I think it was like, quote, actually, wrote it on my phone, I'm going to read it because I wrote it down. Um, I wonder quote it, actually, because it was, he, he said it in passing, but it, it just, felt like a bell rang in my head. He says, connect with people on their own terms if you want to be friends. Right, and I think that ties into dialects. You have to understand the dialects of where you are, who you're talking to. You don't have to, not necessary, but it can help. The same way when you say, you say a couple words of Spanish when you're in Mexico, it helps you, right? Similar, you know, a little bit, even just a little bit, it helps, I think, because that you're connecting on something that's their terms in my perspective and not necessarily your own terms. So and that's kind of my biggest that's my big reason of why I like to learn languages, because it allows me to meet people from different parts of the world, connect with them, understand their perspectives, figure out that, oh, when they're late for something, for Canadian that's disrespect many Canadians that's disrespectful. Right? And they it's like, what the hell? Like, what are you? Why are you like right, make it really mad, but other cultures it's not, we don't score it that way, so it's things like that, so. Anyway, I'll finish my, yeah, let's finish there, and we can take some questions, so. Thank you. Oh, and actually, last thing before questions. Um, selfish part of this. I would really appreciate it if you follow my podcast and my social media platforms. I post daily on everything. So, I mean, um, I'd really appreciate it if you guys are I typically just share my language learning journey, so I'm, because I literally spend 60 hours a week on languages, 60, 65, 70 hours a week on languages, whether it's teaching, running events for language learners, talking about them, it's like my life, so I have a lot to say, and it's, I post a lot, so appreciate it. Anyway. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about, if you've experienced this, or your thoughts on this, um, the getting pushback from speakers of the dialect or kind of like, you know, don't speak this way because we all have our own ideas. Though they're stereotypes and they're, you know, they're potentially bigoted about what is proper speech or not in our own language. And I know, um, like with with French, you know, I speak France French um, more specifically, like a Brittany French because that's where I lived. And uh, I've made friends here in Montreal, and it took effort to convince them that me trying to imitate. Quebecois French was not me making fun of them and was me actually trying to like connect. You know, whereas opposed to when you're just starting language for the first time, sometimes 
some and in some with certain dialects it'd be like great cool and they'll be encouraging but then um, speaking to, to the point that uh, that he made earlier you know it can be surprising sometimes when they're like no 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 don't do that don't speak like that don't talk like I that. I wonder was it strangers or people you knew they they were they be, this was as we were becoming friends you know they, they didn't think that I was that I was um, like just all out just trying to be a jerk but they were just like no no just don't even try like let's let's use this dialect you know that's the way to do it and and I've experienced that in other contexts with other languages before some languages people are just really welcoming like Spanish I think there's more of an attitude of like well this is how we speak here so sure yeah speak like we do you know uh, so I'm wondering if you can speak to that at all if you've experienced that yeah um, I've experienced it in the sense of so for example, the most the, the one example that came to mind was again Chile, right? Because I made a dictionary of like like a Chilean words and slang and like a, it was like an effort. Now, um, I think for me, so let, I'll talk about Chile, and I'll, as I talk about Chile, I see other things come to mind. But Chile, for example, um, I remember I would it would natu I would naturally start to change, not because I was trying to. Because everyone spoke a certain way, and I just know me when I'm even when I'm like, I, if I'm surrounded by like British people, my my it's, it's I can't help it. It it comes out. It, it just I can't, right? And I don't even notice it until <coughs> I leave that environment and go back to my original environment and go, oh, I'm speaking differently. I didn't even realize. Um, so I, yeah, like so for Chile, for example, um, I didn't have any negative pushback. I will say this though: people that knew me for longer would be like would ask, like, hey, you're saying, or they like, they might snicker, like, ha, you said al tiro, and not eh, al toque, like I used to say, or you, instead of ahorita, you said al tiro, or like you said, atiola, no, más o menos, or you said, ah, interesting, you said, you know, arriba de pelota, instead of, you know, whatever, like, they would notice, they might, I don't know how they felt about it, but I think with strangers, they don't know, because they, they didn't know how you spoke originally, so they think how you come in, you speak, is how you speak, so, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've never had anything crazy negative because at the end of the day, I'm gonna, if I know four people today of getting negative experiences with, let's say, or negative, maybe some pushback, as you put it, I'm pretty extroverted, so I'm gonna meet way more than four people. If you those four people that view it a certain way, the next 10 that I meet are gonna view it in a more positive way, or they're gonna view it in, because they're not gonna know any better. So I think that's, it's kind of like an offense versus defense kind of thing in a way, where offense is kind of like you're meeting lots of new people, and as you're meeting them, it's gonna help you with them. And with the older people, or older people you knew before, you know, um, I think as long as they're pretty straightforward, like when you came out, I, first of all, can't help it, because everyone's doing it here, and I just kind of copy, that's how I am. Second of all, I meet it with the most positive intentions, and then, yeah, I don't know what else to Hi. Um, your Australia example made me laugh because when I was in undergraduate and studying abroad and working in Australia, it was the only English-speaking country, and I'm a native English speaker, where I was terrified to pick up the phone because I could not understand if, uh, what the English was unless the person was right in front of me talking to me. I made a lot of friends with a lot of foreigners in Australia. But, because um, I could understand them better. But um, in this talk, I was just thinking about the languages I speak and where I learned them. 
uh, there's two parts here, I guess. Um, the practicality of learning languages, I think, is also very subjective, because right now I'm, I'm trying to learn Icelandic. Right. Not very useful outside of like 600,000 people, basically, in Iceland and I think northern Alberta or northern Saskatchewan or something. Really? Yeah. Is Icelandic in Canada? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's about 70,000 uh, Icelanders out in the prairies here, which is a megapolis for them, I guess. But... <laughs> That's exciting. Isn't it Manitoba? Yes, sorry. I don't know my prairie provinces very well. <laughs> I don't know my prairie states very well either. But um, <laughs> um, my family and I go to Iceland probably once a year or once every other year. So it's a practical language for me to make that connection. But that was more of a statement. Um, my next part was the languages I've learned, whether it's been Afrikaans or Portuguese or Spanish, have always always been learned in the colonial part. Like I learned Portuguese in Mozambique, Spanish in Costa Rica. I mean, Afrikaans is a, a African language, pretty much. So, do you have any experience of learning the language from that aspect outside of Peru? So just to maybe keep the mic in case. Yeah, um, okay. So do you mean like how they learned in other countries of from Peru, like that are that are not Spain? I I guess my question was, did you? My question was more along the lines of, um, do you think the lack of respect that maybe a Frenchman gives to Quebecois sure. um, is reciprocated? As in vice versa. Yeah. Um, my personal experience, yes, sometimes, okay. but it's not everyone. Like not every single French person feels negatively either. But so I think some people, yeah, for sure, they reciprocate. Like, um, yeah, both positive and negative, right? Both and neutral, right? I think, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, for sure. Now, do you think learning the languages from that aspect is easier? Because I know um, Portuguese and Mozambique, you would say. Or I am speaking, you say estou falar or estou okay. a falar. Yes. Um, you don't say estou or estou falando. Okay. So the the conjugations are easier, I guess. I see. Interesting. Uh, so one thing I, I kept thinking when you were giving your presentation. I saw you thinking. I could like really. I was really hoping you'd ask a question so I could see you processing. I was very excited for your question. I'm not sure if this is really a question, but more an observation. Is is it important to distinguish speaking versus listening? Like, I can understand when you're learning a language if you want to pick one register or one dialect of the language for the purposes of speaking. Mm -hmm. But in order to understand the language, especially if you're going to be watching films or watching TV, when there are going to be people speaking various forms of the language, the ability to be sensitive to the dialectical differences, at least to understand them, can be quite relevant. But the reason I ask is when I started learning French with the federal government at Le Centre Plastique, one of the very, very few things that that institution actually did right in its language teaching was that they had a variety of accents. Like in for the French, they had one teacher from Belgium, they had one from France, they had various people from various points in Quebec who spoke in all sorts of ways. And yes, as learners, we were expected to speak what in Quebec is known as international French which is sort of the standard RDA French that's spoken on RDE. That pretty much is the language of 
as the standard educated French of quote of Canada. Yeah. But we had to understand what everyone else around us was saying. And I mean, I will spare you my life story, but the other languages I've learned, I've often been exposed to, I've always been exposed to different forms of the language, even if there was one form that I would try to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and actually it's funny, I love, I love being, I like getting questions on things because, and this is a completely different topic, I'm not gonna go down this path because that could be, it's thoughts I have a lot, but like I'm, I'm 25, and so I'm very young, right? And that's, it's funny, when a lot of 25 girls go, oh, I'm so old, and no, you're not. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so I like getting questions because it makes me really think about things that I talk about, and, and it's a funny point because I actually wonder now if there is, what's more valuable, being able to, and it goes back to your question too, is it more about, does it matter that you speak the dialect that you are in, the, of the region you're in, excuse me, or is it more important that you're just sensitive to the, the stereotypes and the different thoughts around it, and you can understand what they're saying and still engage and have natural conversations? I almost wonder if that's more. But I've seen that, like, just to other, other examples. Like, yeah. like, one of the Spanish courses I did when I started learning Spanish years ago, I had books of, one book set of books and tapes was some Castilian Spanish, the other yes. was in Latin American Spanish, so yes. I kind of had them both, but I found them useful to be exposed to both. And even totally. the books and tapes I had from the Latin American one made a, a point of having different accents. Mm -hmm. So one dialogue, they'd have someone speaking from Peru, and that yeah. accent was weird, I remember that. No, it was Bolivia, they had the Bolivia. Bolivia. Is that weird, Bolivia? It was all, I mean, it was very different Is versus it? the Mexican, the, Fair enough. Yeah. I just found it to be, I found it to be very useful. I mean, similarly, I was sent to Vietnam on a work term. I studied Vietnamese intensively for a while. I have since forgotten everything, but what's, Relevant is that I had two sets of tapes. One was in Saigon dialect, one was Hanoi dialect. Right. You know, the pronunciations are quite different, the tones are different, the consonants right. are different. And again, it was useful. I kind of picked one for speaking, mm -hmm. Saigon, because that's where I started my trip. Mm -hmm. But once I got to the north, at least I was exposed to the sounds. Right. So they would speak Hanoi dialect. I would speak as best as I could in Saigon. They, the Vietnamese know enough of their own language that someone from Hanoi can understand someone from Saigon. So the dialectical difference did not impede communication. Mm -hmm. But being exposed, I think, to the different dialects was very useful yeah. as a learning tool. I agree. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to talk about that. No, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. As, a, as a trained uh, linguist, I just want um, I, I to add that I, I agree with you, and there are a lot of studies to support that that's important. But one, uh, one thing that's been researched a lot more recently about learning um, exposing your, your comprehension to all these different dialects is that it, your progress is very slow at the beginning if you do that and it's important to try and get to an intermediate level before you really diversify especially if you're going to listen to things that are vastly different um, just because at the beginning stages your brain is trying to get used to certain sounds and so it can really mess up your own pronunciation and it can make it harder for you to distinguish things so I totally agree with you, and, and the research says, yeah, do that. Listen to a bunch of different things. But if you have the resources um, to focus on one until you become kind of an intermediate speaker, a lot of research is showing that's the way to do it. Focus on this one, get to an intermediate level, and then start diversifying, and you'll, you'll find more progress. That's, that's a good one. It's actually that. funny. On the previous one, I said I personally don't mix dialects. I wrote that. Yeah, like I personally don't. That's exactly why I want to be really grounded in one, right? Before I start to branch out. It's kind of like when you learn, <laughs> I think it was a land of people at the conference, but it's like when you try and learn 
four languages at the same time, you have very slow progress in all of them, and you're like, it takes a long time. I think it's a kind of similar kind of analogy where, yeah, it's similar kind of analogy, but. I think uh, prompted by your comment about uh, you're going to go to Indonesia, recognize the importance of Islam and, and whatnot, reminded me of an article that I read a while ago, which uh, like part of it seemed kind of just a, uh, oh, let's bash on Americans. They, uh, they ruin everything, and they make things hard for everyone. Whether or not that's true, uh, the uh, relevant points uh, that I thought was particularly interesting, specifically talking about baseball and saying that, okay. that a lot of in international business, uh, American English speakers would be in the room with a bunch of non-native English speakers, or even, or even say Brits, for example, that people would not understand what the Americans were saying, uh, talking about like, uh, inter-dialectical uh, accommodation, um, and as I make all these you know, ref references to baseball, and that, that was not, not properly accommodating that at the same time, thinking about the, uh, you know, like, uh, well, if you're going to deal with the Indonesian, you have to uh, recognize the importance of Islam. But a lot of these things are just, that is the common way that, that is the dialect for a, a lot of us. Like, if you're going to talk to an American and have no idea what you mean, say, yeah, that, that, that was a home run, that presentation, that was a, or this, this is a slam dunk. Yeah. If, you, if you can't understand these basic uh, things, it's a, you, uh, I mean, what, you become separate. Almost. Yeah, it's like, it's like we're not, I'm, I'm not even thinking about sports here. I'm just saying, you know, it, it's you know, a, a very common sort of expression. Uh, I'm trying try, try to turn that into a, a question, because I think it's just a, a, a area that can be a lot of uh, discussion. And, totally. Yeah. Let's, I think we have like a quick minute or two, so maybe it's like one last quick one we can squeeze in, and if not, um, I'll out the... Over there, you have one. Was it one? Yeah, so we have like a minute, I think, so I think it's quick, whatever it is, so I don't want to go over time, so. Uh, yeah, we've talked a number of times about interdialectical accommodation and similar things and, and uh, the quotation that you said that you have to meet people on their own terms. Yes. Like, and, and you specifically mentioned sophomore, I think. And I've like written this down a few times and I've asked people to explain it to me a number of times, but it's not getting in my head. So I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, I understand there's a difference. Sometimes I stop people, sometimes I ask them, what does this mean? I, I often stop people, regardless of language, like, I don't know what this word means, I don't know what this expression means, regardless whether it's one of my mother tongues or not, and I, I think that that's okay. Like, if, like, regardless whether it's your mother tongue or your 20th language, I think, I think it's okay to stop people mid-conversation, as long as it's not impeding the flow, or you can just, like, take notes, and I think, I think that's all okay as long as you're comfortable with it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you're not, as you say, like being As long as you're not respectfully, right? Like it's respect, as long as yeah. respectfully and you're not doing it. For example, you need to be empathetic and understand that it's a group conversation that, like, and you're stopping the conversation every 30 seconds, you're being quite disrespectful to the group, 
right? In some, it could be viewed that way potentially. So as long as you're respectful about it and you're being mindful and you know, for 100%, for 100%. So, cool. I guess we can finish it there, right? Yeah.